You are listening to the Omnitalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the A&M Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, Sezzle, and Silk. The Omnitalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week, too. Today is October 6th, 2022. I'm your host, Ann Mazenga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss all the top headlines making waves in the world of omnichannel retailing. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I got to tell you, Ann, I'm, I'm watching the video. I'm, th- I'm thinking the hairline's getting a little... I think I need to go full shave, Dan. I oh, think God. I need to take a drastic measure and do something with my hair. you mean on your head? On my head. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Important point of Full shave. Not body, Ann, but full head. You know, I was talking to my stylist last week, Ann. And uh, she said, you know, believe it or not, a lot of guys do the hair transplants and you just don't know it. And so she's got my interest peaked. No, I don't think you do. Like, honestly, I don't think you do. They get, they're getting so good at it. Like, everyone in Hollywood has it. Yeah, for I know sure. you said that like, multiple the, times. The, about and the key Tom is, Cruise. I asked her too, I was like, the key is the flat line across the head. Like, if the hairline's flat, that's your dead giveaway that they've had a Why transplant. are they still doing hair transplants with a flat front? Like, why wouldn't you try to mimic the natural hairline? I don't know. My guess is because it's probably hard to do, but I don't know. And plus, people mm. get duped all the time. I'm like, you know, we've talked about it with like, you're like, oh, that guy's great head of hair. I'm like, bullshit. He's, you know, he's got a yeah. he's got a transplant going. But anyway, and I'm either going one or the other here because for those watching on video, man, it's getting desperate up there. This, is, desperate now, up top. this is now a hair transplant <laughs> podcast. It's not a retail podcast anymore. We are now talking about all things aging aging yeah. or hair transplants are one of one of yeah. all of the above right we should just go back to the weather which shout out to evan <laughs> from uh, planalytics for his comments on that last week to me on social that was great but uh yeah and i think we should just let's get to the headlines all right what, let's, let's not it. beat around the bush you know get it hair the bush i have no hair uh, anyway bad joke all right there's no bush on top anymore there's nothing left all right today's fast five headlines <laughs> are brought to you with the help and support of manifest where can you get unprecedented access to the people and technologies changing the way the world moves only at manifest but that's not all you can also expect thought leadership networking and of course a little fun and you might just run into Anne and me at the show as well the show takes place from january 31st to february 2nd a special discount link will be available in our show notes and you can also learn more at m-a-n-i-f-e dot s-t that's m-a-n-i-f-e dot s-t chris did you see that they've announced the musical guest? no they did who is it Nelly. No, shut the front door, Nelly. Yeah. Um, cool. So if you have no other reason to get to Vegas That's for awesome. Manifest, Nelly is the reason that you should do it. Once again, Huge continuing news. the tradition of bringing back every like basement party from college to the retail conference circuit. Yeah, right. We have Ludacris there last year. We got Nelly this year. When are you going to get this opportunity to see Nelly in like this most intimate of a setting? I don't know, but it's getting hot in here. Oh, oh yeah. This I hope you great. don't dance like that. I, this is also, yeah. We'll, I'm be, getting my, we'll be on my, opposite my end. My shimmy shake here oh on, my God. on the video. This is great. All oh right. In today's Fast Five, we've got news on Walmart selling its tech to Asda. Schnook's new Flex Force employment option. I love that. Walgreens turning to robots to help with fulfillment. Deliveroo. Launching its first store in the UK with Morrison's. We'll see how many times we screw up Deliveroo in this <laughs> in this conversation. But first, we take off with a move long theorized, and now it's here. Anne. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this I know because you I've are. been talking about it for a while, and it's yeah. finally finally happening, Chris. That is right. Peloton is going to sell its bikes and treads at Dick's Sporting Goods. According to CNBC, the partnership makes Dick's the first brick and mortar retailer to carry Peloton equipment outside of Peloton's namesake stores. 
A launch has yet to be announced, but the two companies are teasing that they will have Peloton products in more than 100 of Dick's almost 700 stores nationwide in time for the holiday shopping season. They do have a list of those stores on the website if you're interested in which stores those are going to be. Wow, you've done your research. Oh, I have. The products will be in specific Peloton displays, and Dick's employees will be trained to assist customers with them. And important to note that the prices will not vary between Peloton and Dick's. Chris... Yeah. Why don't you give give the listeners an opportunity to hear what your thoughts I, are on this? Because I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have that much to say on this one, really. I mean, I kind of like fine, you know. We talked about this a while ago, and it's here. Like, yeah, kind of. It's like we have to. Is kind of how I feel like with this whole thing with the Peloton story and the new leadership. But my question is really, where do you go from here? You know. And the last point you mentioned about pricing, I find really fascinating too, because yeah. at, at some point that's going to go away. Like everyone always tries to do that, but you can't keep it because Dicks will get backed up on inventory. So will Peloton at some point, and the pressure will come to move units. And then you're just another exercise bike on the floor at Dicks at a discount. And so for the life of me, I can't understand why Peloton, of all brands, needs to go wholesale this overtly this quickly. It feels like the brand, through the addition of exercise equipment and apparel, it should be able to stand on its own. And so I, honestly, if anything, I'm just kind of. I'm kind of sad this morning because yeah. I think of what could have been with Peloton and where it's going, and that crushes my heart, Anne, because I actually like Peloton a lot. Well, I I don't know. I have to say I love this move. You love it, right? I know that you are against you know going wholesale, but let's be real here. If you want to create a product that's going to get – like you need subscribers. They sell the bike once. That's one time. They're getting the money from the apparel, mm-hmm. from the subscribers. And if you're going to do that, you need to go mass. And yeah. Dix is the best place, I think, to do this. Kind um, of the only place, too. I Well, I, you know, I said I think Target would be another appropriate spot for this to potentially you did go. One time, but yeah. I, I do think that Dix, the Dix Sporting Goods store that. is where I would have gone first, first before Amazon and anyone else. For sure. We just shot a video that is going to be coming out soon from the Dix new House of Sport concept. And I think if you think about Peloton in that context mm-hmm. of like, you know, Dick's really nicely executed these houses, like shop and shops within their existing um, store footprint in this house of sport. And I think that gives like kind of a different appeal to the Peloton experience. You still get to have a, a Peloton like shop and shop inside of this Dick's Sporting Goods. But I also think, you know, this is much more fitting for Peloton than a standalone mall store. Like those mall stores are only in the A malls, like elite locations. This is now bringing it to the masses. You have like when I was in that Dick Sporting Goods store, there were tons of moms in there shopping for their kids, you know, which is something that they're doing for back to school Mm -hmm. each seasonal sports time period. And now you have something for them to see and try out. Like you have to get the screens. You have to get the classes. Like you've said multiple times, like you have to get people on those bikes in order to get them as interested in these classes. And I think this is a great way to do it. Second point you mentioned too, I think this is a better opportunity when you look at what Dix is doing with their apparel shop and shops for their own brands. This is a fantastic opportunity to really bring Peloton apparel to the level of a Nike and Under Armour um, or any of the other brands um, if they really are trying to make that apparel play. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said. I mean, at the end of the day, let's recap where we are. They're on Amazon now. Mm -hmm. They're in Dix. They're full on mass, right? Yeah. And so- it is what it is now at this point. And so, yeah, it's the, to me, like I said before, it's the right next move. 
my question is where does it stop to like if you're in walmart with this like that becomes an issue to me potentially target like i said i don't necessarily agree that's the right move for a whole host of reasons on both sides but yeah i mean i'm with you i think it 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 feels like the right thing to do now yeah i mean what let's look at some of the other competitors like nordic track or like some of the other ones like you're not seeing that in target walmart whatever like you're seeing that in a no Dick's you're not you're seeing or that like for that reason, concept right? too or yeah. like any of these other Maybe best buy you could go to too sure, but sure. i don't i don't know it seems like the natural outgrowth here but all right let's keep rolling headline number two i'm glad you love it oh and 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 you're in the market for a Peloton too, right? For oh, the audience, yeah. just to let them in on a little inside baseball. Yes, I am in the market for a Peloton, but I think I'm going to buy a used one yeah. off of Marketplace instead. That's, I think that's a better way to go. Plus, they're pretty expensive now too. All right, headline number two, Asda has chosen Walmart Commerce Technologies as its trusted partner to help deliver flexible shopping and pickup experiences for Asda's customers through Store Assist platform, through its Store Assist platform. According to a Walmart press release, Store Assist is an out-of-the-box mobile-first fulfillment application that provides a seamless integrated approach to picking, staging, and handoff capabilities for in-store and curbside picking, as well as for delivery. Is there any tech, Ann, where they don't say a seamless integrated approach? Any tech, like, Frictionless PR and thing, seamless right? God, have, please, to be in the, have to be in the press please release. Please just stop. All right. Without a doubt. The system was designed from Walmart's in-house buy-online pickup-and-store technology that has been leveraged across Walmart for more than 10 years... In over 5,000 stores. And the plan is to roll the tech out to more than 330 Asda superstores across the UK to help Asda improve employee picking speed and accuracy. And you had a unique angle for why you wanted to include this story this week, this headline. Do tell the audience about that angle, please. Can I challenge a question? Have they really been doing this for 10 years in 5,000 stores? That's why I stopped when I read that. I was like, really? That 10? I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe you've been doing curbside. 10 years is what, 2012? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't remember. I, they weren't doing it that much. Okay, I've, Although they probably they might have been doing it in the UK, actually. Sure. That, yes. You know, and okay, that to, makes And sense. they used to own that Asda, too, right? Yes, yes, so. yes. Okay. Well, the reason that I thought this was important to include, because the first thing I thought of when I read this article was actually like, oh, no, Instacart. Right. Like, That's, I think it's brilliant. It's Instacart a brilliant angle. Instacart has been like blowing out since the last two weeks of Grocery Shop when they made the announcement about their connected stores platform and all the things that they're able to offer retailers. But now you have Walmart coming in yeah. here, an expert with, you know... Someone that knows how to run a grocery store? Yes, exactly. 4,000 locations where apparently they've been doing this for 10 years. They can do fulfillment for now other retailers like Asda. They have Go Local where they can do delivery. Yeah. And today they announced the acquisition right. of Alert Innovation to operate yeah. fulfillment centers. So it's like, like... 20 minutes ago, right? Right, like yeah. just before the show, breaking news... But I think that, like, to quote you, they Walmart has been eating what they they cook for a long time, and now they're able to roll that entire platform out to retailers across the country and across the world. So it, it makes me question, like, now where does Instacart sit with this? And the only thing that I can think of that may make some other retailers hesitant is the same kind of thing we've seen with retailers who, you know, Amazon's offering the same thing. Will there be reluctance right. from retailers to, to let Walmart into their, their walled gardens? Right. Absolutely. I think that, I think all those points are brilliant. The point about Instacart, especially like the, to hit on the jaded part, like, right. Yeah. There, there is a little bit of the element of like Asda has a pre-existing relationship with Walmart, so this isn't that Completely big of a win fair. yet. But kudos yeah. to Anshu Bardwaj, who's heading this yeah. up. Big friend of Amitak, interviewed her a couple of times at Shop Talk now over the years, and she's awesome. So I'm glad to see her getting this win under her belt. But I think the bigger point is is what you're saying here. It's like 
it's just a brilliant point about Instacart, and we alluded to it a couple of weeks ago, because like, what right does Instacart have to say to the marketplace that they know how to run a grocery store? When has Instacart ever done that? Right. Walmart has, Kroger has, and similar to American Eagle's Frenemy Network, this is a concept that's only going to gain more traction over time. And you remember, Ann, because you were there with me, coincidentally, I pitched this idea to our boss back at Target <laughs> in 2016. I called it something like Target Retail Services, but alas, it didn't take there. And I don't know if it has to this day, but kudos for Walmart for doing it, making it happen. Mm -hmm. You got to get a win under your belt. Sure, it's as a fine, but you know, what happens next? And I think they said they had something like, what was it, 5,000 or I don't know, it's 5,000 or 5 million either sites or deliveries through the Go Local Network already, which is standing that up too. So yeah, they're, you know, it shows you that there's a lot of ways to approach this problem. Mm -hmm. And it just shows me that Instacart is foolishly approaching it as well not to bring it back to them again I mean what but. would you do Chris like if you if you think about this like you're a regional grocer like what are you doing you maybe if you're already selling through Instacart but you're like toying with go local like deliveries with Walmart like it feels like Walmart could be able to offer you especially a US retailer I think many more options for doing this right. Yeah, I mean, I like the position that the the local grocers are in because it gives them a lot of options from which to source. You know, they just have to get good leadership in to help them make those decisions. But ultimately, there's a lot of players in this space that can offer you ways to improve your business, and it's going to be your choice of what you want to go with. Right. All right, Chris, let's go on to headline number three. Midwest Grocer, speaking of our favorite regional grocers, uh, Schnook Markets has introduced Schnook's Flex Force employment option at select St. Louis area stores. According to Progressive Grocer, the Flex Assignment perk allows associates to optimize their work schedules by selecting shifts and store locations that best fit their personal schedules while creating opportunities for growth and learning at a pace determined by them. Schnook's teammates can simply log into a Schnook's scheduling app to view and claim open shifts, and if they choose, can also opt in to receive notifications of open shifts. Now, Chris. Yes, Ann. This, I know what's coming. This also happens. You always to do be, that now. I do. Pause. <laughs> yes. It's like now, now Chris. Chris. <laughs> Pause. Uh, this is also A and M Consumer and Retail Group's uh, question of the week. So, Chris CRG wants to know Schnook's flex force introduction here is an indicator that introducing the gig workforce into traditional retail jobs may be on the way, something that some A&M CRGers have previously <laughs> said makes a lot of sense. As this new labor marketplace is unveiled, what do you see as the early wins and potential pitfalls for workers, retailers, and customers, which is a great question for you because you ran stores and this, I'm really yeah. excited to hear what your thoughts yeah, are Yeah, no, this. this is a banger question again. I, I, I These guys are just absolutely killing it with the questions they're like making me like making us both go like levels deeper on the analysis here which is so awesome i love it so keep it coming guys but um guys and gals but um all right so first of all let me t- let me hit the headline and then yeah. i'll get back to AM questions okay. so first i just want to give a shout out to my boy dave steck uh <laughs> who i interviewed at grocery shop you coy old codger you i interviewed you on the stage at grocery shop and this didn't even come up we no. listed like 15 technologies that we were excited about that we got their thoughts on and this one didn't even come up so well played my friend well played because i know he's listening and and my take is i love it i mm-hmm. love it too just like AM CRG said like we're talking. You were actually talking at grocery shop to me about how the topic of tech to make the average worker's life better, right? Not more efficient in store, right? But better was distinctly absent from the grocery shop conversation, right? And this is this is that, and so easy shift swapping, hard to say, good mm-hmm. alliteration. 
and picking up extra shifts as an hourly retail employee. I think the the, the starting point of this is like twelve ninety five. Yep, that makes a twelve ninety five an hour. That makes a huge difference for people. So Schnooks, mm-hmm. in my opinion, once again setting the pace for grocery innovation, local grocer that's doing it the right way. And so mm-hmm. kudos to them. Now to your question at hand, Ann. Yes. And MCRG. Wins, pitfalls for customers, employees, or retailers. So for me, the way I think about that, the customer impact is going to come down to how the employees and the retailers react to this, yep. right? Fundamentally. So on the employee side, I don't see much downside. Honestly, I think yep. for the most part, they're going to like it. There may be a few issues on the edges that I could consider like, you know, hey, that person's getting you know, this shift and they understand the technology better than I do. And so like, that's going to kind of anger people and piss people off, especially those that are older workers in store potentially. But on the management side of things, I have some concerns. Like, so one, can I get my store into a good routine with people swapping shifts? Because generally I like the same people working the same types of things as much as I can get it. Sometimes I staff people to work with each other intentionally. Does that detract mm. from this? Like, does it, you know, create... Can it, yeah, can you of, program it to, like, be able to still do that if possible? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Right. Or well, like, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the limitations okay. are. But I think, like, having certain people work with each other at certain times and being able to rely on that as a store manager is an important thing. Like, say, I want a good close or I want a good open. And suddenly, like, two of my best people are swapping shifts hmm. and working on a different time. And then, like I said before... You know, do the good shifts only go to the people that are acclimated to the tech and does that create dissension? But net net, I think if it potentially makes the workforce happier, leads to higher retention, less turnover, those are wins that are worth the trial. Yes. 100%. Yeah. I mean, my only like question back to you would be like, yes, you want certain people to work together or you want a good open or close, but you also want somebody to be there to work the shift. Like that's, I think that's the biggest question that I have, especially as we're seeing you know, the mass hires coming on for holiday people like the flexibility to be able to pick up a holiday shift, like for, especially for when we think about the larger gig economy, like I drive Uber on the weekends and then to be able during the week to like pick up three or four hours Mm -hmm. in the afternoon on the days that work for me that I can look at that week. I think that to me is like, it's so beneficial to the retailers. It makes so much sense, you know, from an economic point of view, but then also the other component of what Schnooks is doing with this, they're also paying workers after each shift or the, they have the ability to pay workers after each mm-hmm. shift, which I think is another important component to this. Like that's yeah. what's happening with the DoorDashes, right. the Ubers of the world. Like you're getting paid immediately once you, you know, clock out. And I think that that's another important component to this, not having to wait, uh, especially around the holiday time periods for, you know, two weeks to get paid for the shifts you've worked before. Yeah, I didn't know that was a component of this. So yeah. if that's true, that's, that's an awesome angle too it's hard for me to find the downside really to your point uh around that um you know the only other thing i could possibly consider would be like you know the workers are like well i put my shift out there nobody picked it up that's Mm -hmm. on you manager Mm -hmm. not me but i I don't see that as a big risk either i mean i think coming from the gym management side of things where we've used a a platform like this to hire and to or not to hire necessarily but to manage workforce Mm -hmm. that certainly does happen where it comes it can come down like if i'm looking at the pitfalls i think that does fall now on the retailers to be like okay how do we cover this shift but 
I'm hopeful that when you open this up, you'll have a larger workforce to be selecting from. So hopefully there's more options there to choose from. It's just going to be, yeah. I think, a question of what happens when you have people that aren't as committed to the, the job. Yeah. And ultimately, that conversation comes down to a coaching conversation, as right. we used to call it at Target, Ann. All right. Headline number four. I'm pretty excited about this one because I try. I did I did some uh, um, research of my own on this one last night, oh, Ann, which good. I haven't told you about yet. But Walgreens plans to use robots to lessen its pharmacist's workload. According to the Wall Street Journal, the nation's second largest pharmacy chain is setting up a network of automated centralized drug filling centers that could fill a city block. The company says the setup cuts pharmacist workloads by at least 25% and will save Walgreens more than $1 billion a year. The main idea being to give pharmacists more time to provide medical services such as vaccinations, patient outreach, and prescribing other certain medication. And your thoughts. This makes complete sense to me. I mean, you have one $1 billion in lowered labor costs. Like, that's insane to me. That's just mm -hmm. uh, labor and operations. But you have an immediate return on the reduction in expensive labor. You still can have people staffed in the pharmacies, but you don't need to have four people staffed there. And I think that there's still the opportunities, as Walgreens mentioned in this, for those pharmacists who are there to really be providing the one-on-one -on -one connections with the communities or to be able to, you know, provide remote, you know, if they're doing that via like a, like a clienteling um, client service, service or something where they're able to, you know, be one pharmacist for a region, especially in rural communities. But I think that eventually this can also minimize regular regulatory concerns. So like when we're talking about controlled substances, which these robots aren't handling yet, that's not in the, the concern yet, it helps to remove humans, I think, from this equation, uh, both from the, yeah, the reliability sure. of the Walgreens lo retail location and from, um, you know, just from Walgreens as a larger entity. Um, I, I think the third component to me that is really appealing to this is what we talked to one of our Omnistars, Stephanie Cruz, about from Walgreens. Mm -hmm. Just the ability now that this is all automated to more sim simply tie this into some of like the curbside and to go orders. Like if you're if you if everything's being tracked within a certain app or it's you know being tracked right. on Walgreens side to be able to like more seamlessly facilitate those curbside to go orders, um, scan and go perhaps in the store like. It, I think that investing in the back end operations of this will provide benefit to Walgreens as they operate the store and to their consumers as a result. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, that's that's a really good point. I mean, the the one thing I would add just to highlight what you said too is like you're scaling your pharmacists. Your pharmacists are hard to hire. Yep. They're expensive to hire. And mm -hmm. now you're able to put one probably at these locations or two or three, however many are required and get more prescriptions filled for each of the ones that you're deploying at that location, which just makes a ton of sense. So to your point, it's about, you know, to me, it's like about freaking time. Yes, please. You know, like mm -hmm. to quote Austin Powers or whatever it was, but my only ask though hits on what you said at the end there. And I tried this yesterday is for it to work well, you're going to have to make your delivery experience easily understood within the app. Yep. And, and that's the opportunity I see for Walgreens. And so if Stephanie Cruz is listening. I hope she hears this, but you know, last time I checked, which was, believe it or not, yesterday, it said, you know, you order on your app and it says five to 10 business days from a centralized facility and one to two business days from my local store. And both are free, which I yeah. don't quite understand the difference there because I'm always going to choose one to two then. But my question, though, is when can I actually expect the order? Mm -hmm. So this gets back to one of the fundamental principles of omnichannel retailing, which is the available to promise logic up yep. front in the funnel. Because if you're ordering your prescriptions, like it's a Thursday, mm -hmm. I'm ordering that. 
I don't know when that means I'm going to get it. Am I going to get it on Friday? Am I going to have to wait till Monday? Yeah. You know, five to 10 days. You could put me three weeks out on that potentially mm-hmm. on where I am in my cycle or like, you know, I could order on a Wednesday and not have it till like three Mondays from now. Right. That's a problem. So net net, I love the idea, but your conversion is going to go up on this idea of Walgreens if you can solve that issue, which I think is inherently what you're talking about because then it, ex- then it extends into other operational dynamics yes. too as you look at your available products for curbside pickup, like you said, mm-hmm. and just the overall mobile app usage too. Well, and I think that it's, you know, the Walgreens, to clarify, the Walgreens stores will still be able to fill those rush prescriptions. Right. Like if you do need something in, in the one to two days, you still can get that. I think where this is providing the benefit is for those ongoing scripts. Like, you know, we look at these other companies like Express Scripts and the larger fulfillment center operators out there. Mm-hmm. Those timelines are much lower Long, like those lead times are much longer. So I think if if Walgreens is able to, like you said, if if it's clear to the consumer mm-hmm. what they're getting, this could make things much simpler for the the customer and for the operations of a Walgreens store. Yeah, and there's no reason over the long run they need to be five to ten days out on a prescription right. fill if they're using this either. That's the other point. And well, so, right. like, you know, that's why the centralized f- facilities are so important. Like, you know, if you have micro fulfillment centers that are able to do these fulfillments within, you know, five miles of my house now right. instead of twenty miles or you know two hundred right. miles. Yeah, if you place them in the right place, you got to at least be close enough to do two days and right. get the available promise in there. This is slam dunk to me, right. you right. know, and it takes the workload off your store level, like, you know, as well. So, all right, let's keep going. Headline number five, Deliveroo has launched its first bricks and mortar store, and it has done so in partnership with Morrison's. According to Charge Retail, the new store called Deliveroo Hop. That's so cute. So cute. It reminds me oh. of like Peter Rabbit. Yeah, like you Easter. Know, very like, English bunny. Yeah, you know? adorable. All oh. right. Deliveroo Hop will allow customers to shop for groceries by ordering on digital kiosks via the Deliveroo app for in-store collection or delivery to local residents and offices. The store will offer over 1,700 grocery items from Morrison's Ready to Eat and its The Best ranges, with Deliveroo's site team picking and packing the orders. should also be noted that according to research commissioned by Deliveroo, 24% of Londoners now use rapid grocery services once a week to get their groceries, and a further 40% of shoppers also reported buying groceries once every two to three days, bucking the age-old weekly shop trend. Chris... Yes, Anne. Shed a little light on this for us, if you would. Yeah, please. I will. I will. I'm still. I'm still kind of like just thinking about the the bliss of like reading Peter Rabbit, you know. But <laughs> anyway, uh, I have a couple of thoughts on this, Anne. Uh, one, it sounds like a a lot like what we were hoping GoPuff would do yeah. with its Geary store and Geary Street store in San Francisco, but mm-hmm. ended up doing nothing in in any way, shape, or form like this. And yeah. By that I mean, i.e., the distribution center that also acts like a vending machine. I mean, it sounds exactly like that. Yep. But two, and more importantly, it calls to mind what Jeremy Naren, the founder of Grocery Key, mm-hmm. once told us on a podcast, I don't know if it was a podcast or a conversation I was having with him when he started his delivery business up in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. And he told us that the only way he could even make the economics work, and even that, listening to him, was like still a hard feat, was that if he warehoused out of Woodman's and then delivered, made his deliveries in partnership with them. Right. Like, you know, because they were storing his inventory for him. So I've never forgotten it when he said this, which is always why I've been kind of thought, thinking or skeptical of 15-minute delivery from the economic side of it, because it's going to be tough to make it work. Yep. And so it tells me that there has to be innovation like this around the edges for that to happen. Right. Because as the statistics showed, 
the customer clearly wants it. And having done it with you in New York, I would say, yes, I want it too. Or in Chicago when I was trying to get a COVID test rapidly, Mm -hmm. like it was exactly where I went because like you need, it was a great service, but yeah, for the economics to work, I think ideas like this are going to have to come to the fore. Yeah, I, I agree. I love this. I want to go see this. I love this execution. Oh, yeah. Good the, call. The challenge for me is why are we still ordering from kiosks? I guess you have to have that for people that walk in. But like the whole kiosk part of it, it's like, yeah, that's a good this point. is not making my shopping yeah, trip faster. Right. Like It's not. It's, it, it's going to make it really I slow. think you should just yeah. do away with the kiosks and only do app order head. Like, why do you need to be there? It's not like you're looking at the range of options in front of you and you're picking things it's like let's just order from my app ahead of time and i pick up in the store like that's what we really need to do but i think if if you're doing that method of ordering here i think this is i'm a huge fan of the execution better availability of the customer you know to be able to pick up things on their terms um the quality is likely better you have access to morrison's here so you've got better produce you like better options i think than what you would traditionally find in what we you know what gopuff mm-hmm. was talking about mm-hmm. from a convenience store mm-hmm. assortment and my favorite part of this yeah delivery as part of this is also expanding its partnership with too good to go for this new store okay so oh right chris for 15 they're giving customers the option to get 15 pounds worth of food for five pounds and it's a surprise, yeah. but it's all fresh produce that's about to about near to its date. expiration date. Not just produce, but like meat, seafood, right. whatever. Yeah. Like, I would totally do that. Totally. You just got to eat. You got to eat real quick. But yeah, no, I, I, I would or too. Or freeze. Like, yeah, that's amazing. Too, but like $5, like store, yeah. especially with inflation, like, I don't know. I just went to Costco yesterday and I was like, holy buckets. Yeah, no this kidding. is insane. No kidding. I just spent so much money on food. Like, I'll take this deal all day. No kidding. I want to get back to your point about the kiosk, though. Because yeah. while I agree with you in principle, I still think there's an opportunity to reimagine the interface of the in-store kiosk. Yeah. Which, if you come at it blank slate and say, okay, I'm here in this moment, and these are the types of things I want, what is the best way to facilitate that visually mm-hmm. on that type of screen? I think it's still an untapped market for people, but no one ever has the guts to do it yep. and try it because everyone is so programmed to think it should look like an e-commerce experience and we should type and click and all that kind of stuff. But I think there are a lot of creative companies that if you gave them that task of like reimagine how an e-commerce experience can work in a physical store on a screen, mm-hmm. there is interesting things that we could find there just no one has had the guts to do it yet i've never seen a screen take that approach to date but i think it's there all right chris we yes get to the lightning let's round. go to the lightning round all right chris uh cheetos has constructed a monument in alberta canada in honor of the dusty orange residue it's corn puffs leave behind on snackers fingers which it has now dubbed cheeto like don apparently chris i have to know when you are eating your cheese products are you a puff guy a regular cheeto guy a ball guy like what what suits you <laughs> i'm a regular guy all the way regular cheeto? oh yeah and mrs ami talk is a puff poser i'm gonna call her out right now and to this day this is one of the biggest riffs in our marriage because i can't stand the puffs i think they're disgusting Ooh. the taste is so different it's- yeah i agree i'm full cheeto all the full way cheeto yeah especially like when the really small ones that get like super crunchy yeah. i love those Plus i feel like you get more stuff on your fingers with the true cheeto too i don't like the the cheeto i'm not a fan of the cheeto but i do love a cheeto every now and again what's a cheeto cheeto that's the stuff that that's what the oh, residue that's the is called. called yeah like don cheeto Oh, don't you? Which oh, it is okay. I didn't know that. I, really, I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay, he, I didn't Chris realize that's where they get the name. Chris doesn't listen to the lightning the round picture, questions. He just no. The picture of this is well. I was, you know, I'm trying. I'm, you know, thinking of my answer as you're talking, but like 
the the picture of this is pretty amazing too. You got to look it up. All right, Jack in the Box put out the call for its first ever Gamer Jack, a full time content creator position responsible for bolstering the quick service restaurant's Twitch presence. And if you were a Twitch megastar, <laughs> that chance that happened. Yeah. What would be the game with which you would take on all comers? Um, how much? Do you, how many applications do you think they're getting for? Uh, you're just gonna oh, play video games thousands. and make videos Hun- for your like life. Hundreds of thousands. Oh my god, I would hate to be the HR team handling those. Yeah. Okay, if I was gonna be a Twitch megastar, I would do. I would play the original Nintendo Paperboy game. Ooh, Paperboy! I love oh, that. Was a great loved game. Loved that game. That was my favorite. You're pretty so, good. Yeah. You could sling those papers. Oh yeah, I loved that game. <laughs> I would play that game until like two in the morning. It was we like, like the same level over and over. And I know. Over again, that's though. why I liked yeah, it. Right. There was no no challenge. Yeah. Okay, Chris. Liquid Death, the canned water company, is now worth an estimated seven hundred million dollars. Uh, Chris, I imagine much of your purchasing has influenced this valuation. Uh, so true. I want to know what inspired you to purchase your first can of liquid death. Was it your desire to have your thirst murdered <laughs> or uh, did you like that it was a 16 ounce beer can vessel? Yeah, I got to tell you, I was a slave to the marketing on this one. It had to have been the packaging. The yeah. pa- So with both, like you wanted your thirst murdered, that's like what they put on the can or just the no, can just the size? And- yeah, yeah. But which coincidentally is one of the biggest reasons I've stopped drinking it too. One okay. of two reasons actually. The, okay. what, one is I'd be on calls with clients or even doing podcasts with them and I'd take a sip and people would be like, are you drinking a beer? And so yes. I was like- all right, I don't want to answer that question every time. And sure. somebody might not ask me that question, just might make that assumption too, which is not what I want. Sure. And the other reason, Anne, is which it made me, that that stuff makes me way too gassy, which <laughs> was no good for you, my friend. Let me no. just tell you. So no. that 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 is not going into my belly anymore. All right, the internet is currently roasting NFL quarterback Russell Wilson for his promotion of the Danger Witch Sandwich, which begs the question, when did you last order and also and eat at Subway? One, I don't know who Russell Wilson or the Danger Witch you know is. Who Russell Wilson is? Wow. No, who is it? He's married to what's her name? Uh, I can't remember her name. But he's a quarterback for the Broncos. He used to play for the Seahawks. Okay, yeah, no idea. Um, well, I found some gift cards when I was cleaning out a car that are at least five years old, and I took my kids there last summer, and I did have a bite of my kids' sandwich, and immediately was like, "And we are moving on. Really, I will be getting a salad." So, what was the last time you went there before that? I can't remember. I know, honestly, I haven't been there since like 2011. Yeah, it's, it's been, been that long. It's been a really long time. Maybe like post bar or something one night if that was the only option. But still, like, I don't know when that was. When am I out post bar? It's been a long time. Yeah, so. where Subway's still open too. Yeah. yeah. All right, that wraps us up. Happy birthday today to Brett Gelman of Stranger Things, Bond girl Britt Eklund, and everyone's seven-year-old 1984 karate crush, oh. Elizabeth Shue. Or Adventures in Babysitting Crush. Yeah, I know. I feel like we've had her on this before, because I feel like you've said that before, oh, I too. Love yeah. I love when the birth That shows you how long we've been doing this, folks, when the birthdays re- Come back re-anniversary around. themselves. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it on me talk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us, and we make it all just for you. And we try really hard to make it fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And from all of us at OmniTalk Retail, as always, be careful out there. Yami Talk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. 
and is also brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The A&M Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com. And Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Sezzle.com. And finally, Silk. The Silk Cloud DB virtualization platform is a virtualization layer between your workloads and the cloud. Helps you scale your cloud without scaling your costs. Visit silk.us to learn more.